0: launch and optimize web pages fast that means you can set ambitious marketing goals and your site can rise to that challenge learn why teams like dropbox ideo and orange theory all trust webflow to achieve their most ambitious goals today at webflow.com want to drive greater success in social commerce with deloitte's latest creator economy research you can after surveying over 500 creators and 500 brands Our insights are helping CMOs and marketing teams harness the power of content creators. And not only that, but how to do it well. See for yourself by visiting cmo.deloitte.com today. This episode of the CMO Podcast is part of our Leadership During Crisis series. For these short episodes, I am inviting back previous guests to see how they are leading during the pandemic, how they are addressing new challenges, how they are providing for their consumers, their employees, and the public during these unprecedented times. Today, my guest on Leadership During Crisis is Mark Hans Richer, and he has a very long job title. Mark Hans is the Chief Marketing Officer, Chief Innovation Officer, and General Manager of the Consumer Connected Channel at Fortune Brands Home and Security, which is a company that does cabinets and faucets and doors and home security, about $5 billion in sales And today, Mark Hans talks about the water crisis hitting America during this pandemic and what his company is doing about it. Here's my conversation with Mark Hans Richard. Mark Hans, welcome to this special edition of the CMO podcast, Leadership During Crisis. And I want to, where are we coming, where are you coming to us from today? Are you at home?
1: I am in my basement, Jim.
0: You're in your basement. Although it looks like I'm at the kitchen and bath show, I am actually in my basement. You have a beautiful background.
1: Yes, so your basement
0: you. in Illinois? In, I'm in Lake Bluff,
1: Illinois, yes.
0: All right, very good. Well, I'm also at home, and I want to start talking about that because you, my friend, work for a home business, right? That's you're in the true. home business. You're in the nesting business. You're in the cocooning business. Yep. And lots of people are obviously cocooning, including us. And I want you to share with our listeners some surprising or interesting consumer insights about the last few months. You know, are, are, are habits changing? Are you talking about this in your business? What could kind of Abs- others benefit oh, Yeah,
1: from? We're talking about it every week. Uh, like I'm sure everybody on your, on, on your audience is talking about it. Um, well, one interesting factoid is uh, searches for touchless faucets are up 200%. So uh, sort of the, the, the touchless home Uh, seems to be something that uh, is not only spiking, but we think probably has a sustainable arc to it. Um, This was already happening. Uh, We just launched a a smart faucet called You by Moen, and and it's not only touchless, but voice controlled. And um, so that was a new launch, but we had a touchless faucet that we have been selling for a couple of years prior to this, and all of a sudden those searches are up 200%. So it wasn't just the effect of the launch. It was, was, we think, driven more by a, a change in consumer behavior at home. Um, and we we think that's going to extend into lots of different places as uh, people just want an elegance in their home space uh, without having to touch everything. And and it's there, something kind of cool if you get used to it. Um, it. It feels right to to kind of do it that way. And then there's of course the health benefit as well.
0: Sure. Do you are you seeing a surge in people that are renovating, trying to renovate? You know, because I, you know, I'm living in yes. my home a lot more than I used to, and I'm figuring out things I yes. like a lot and don't like so much. I'm sure everyone is. So, yeah. how is that affecting what's going on in people's homes and their plans? Yeah, people
1: are are very engaged. They're engaged in the space, um, I think you can see that in some of the data that's coming out of uh, Home Depot and Lowe's and. Uh, others where people are, are clearly showing signals of interest renewed interest in renovating their home spaces and more than just hey that you know I'd like to have a nicer wall color or whatever I, I think they're reimagining it as well there of course there's the life work balance rebalancing that people are going through however temporary or maybe not temporary that is so hey I have to carve out a workspace out of my life space what does that look like um but there's also you know, maybe some multi-generational aspects that are starting to kick in. Uh, people maybe trying to make new spaces for people to reintegrate into their lives because they don't want their parents to be in a, in a nursing home. And so what's that going to look like? Or their kids aren't going to school, so they have to do it from home. What's that going to look like? So there's more than just, I think, style and taste. I, I think there's also just function and uh, and, and sort of new life management that's going on in people's home spaces that they have to think about differently. And that's really driving a lot of curiosity in our segments.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about you and your company over the last few months and ask you sort of what have been the, I mean, you're in the home business, the the chat, the discussions you must be having about what your future business looks like. Mm -hmm. And it must be pretty deep. So I want to ask you a, a bit about the changes in your life personally, how you lead, how you operate, and the changes in how your company is operating over the last few months. So tell us a bit of those stories and and what you've learned about that and what you think are sustained changes.
1: Yeah, you know, so I think our part of the home space is increasingly relevant in the last several months. So Moen is really focused on water experiences. And in an era where water is probably more appreciated now than it was six months ago and just starts at the hand washing level. Um, And then of course, just the health and, and, you know, sustaining, you know, a healthy lifestyle level. I mean, I think people's appreciation of that has really risen a lot. And so for us on the home life, it's all about getting that balance, right? You know, how, how do we get it? How do we keep everybody healthy, not just physically healthy, but mentally healthy and, and have the right space for everyone to do the things they need to do, whether it's, the time we need to be together or the time we need to be apart. Um, and how do you manage all that? And everyone's going through those same challenges, I think. And, and in a way, it's kind of nice that everyone's going through those same challenges and, and we can all kind of talk about um, everyone's, you know, individual journey on that and everyone can relate to it. That's sort of nice from a business and, and um, team perspective. You know, my biggest challenge and the team's challenge has been thinking about what is what does this moment mean for us, and how do we how do we make the most of it for our consumers and and where the business is, where the brand wants to go, and what does the brand uh, what can it do? So, what can we do with what we do? Um, there, there's these incremental needs out there. So, we do water experiences. What does that mean, and how can we bring that forward in a way that's even more relevant and more meaningful to people? So, a few examples. So, I mentioned the U by Moen smart faucet. It's a It's a pre-programmable smart faucet, so you can ask it to, you know, dose you a a tablespoon of water at 98 degrees or a baby bottle at whatever temperature or, you know, two gallons or whatever you want to do. You can do any dosing, any temperature you want. Uh, But when our engineers were home sort of thinking about this, they said, you know, we should, we've got the ability to pre-program a hand-washing feature. So they pre-programmed it um, for basically, say, wash my hands and what it did is it released a little bit of water to just kind of pre-wet your hands and then it stopped for 20 seconds so that you would have the you would wow. know what the time was for singing happy birthday twice without having to embarrass yourself at home and uh and then the water would turn back on again so our engineers did this at home while we were all quarantined and uh we put that instruction back out into the smart faucet as an upgrade and now it's out there so just things like that um have been sort of inspiring. So people you know, focused on what do we do? What can we do in this moment? How can we help people? Um, we, we gave away a number of touchless faucets to um, first-line healthcare uh, support um, to sort of help them at home because the last thing they want to do is worry about their touch surfaces when, they, when they're coming from a, a con- contaminated environment, just not sure if they totally got clean or not. Um, that's something we could do. We build hand-washing stations. And then finally, the last thing is uh, last week actually very timely? We launched something we're calling the Water Bill, which is um, just an internal line for a very important effort to uh, support the cause for uh, ceasing water shutoffs amongst people who have been economically disadvantaged during the coronavirus. So when people lose their jobs for no reason other than you know a, a unpredictable global pandemic. Um, and if people are because they can't pay their bills are getting their water turned off, and then, of course, not having your water on also gives you makes you more uh, likely to perhaps catch the disease. That's just a bad loop. So uh, we took a very strong stand last week um, in The New York Times and The Guardian and other places to um, try to get support around a, a bill uh, or adding to the bill that's going through Congress, the next COVID-19 bill um, to include within that um, a suspension of water shutoffs for those who are economically disadvantaged during the the time of the pandemic. Um, it's through a, a, a organization called foodandwateraction.org. And um, very easy to uh, to go there and, you know, get get a, a letter to your congressperson and, and have them uh, understand how important this is and try to help take care of people um, in this time. But, you know, through the lens of what it is we do, you know, we know about water, we know about water experiences, we think it's a it's something that we can have a voice around that makes sense for us. And so we were happy to do it.
0: What was the catalyst for that idea? Because I was doing a little homework before our, mm-hmm. our, our chat and and I, I looked at that effort, which is very fresh. Just released some advertising, I think, mm-hmm. around that. Yes, we did. And I saw a stat, 40% of Americans are vulnerable to water yeah. shutoffs Yeah. at a time when we need water more than ever for hydration and health yes. and obviously cleanliness. Yes. So tell, tell us a bit of the catalyst for the idea. Tell us where it started and how it gained momentum.
1: Well, there was, uh, we were pushing, um, the, our, our agency is Hava Chicago, and we were having weekly meetings talking about what I had mentioned before, what can we do with what we do? And so we were having lots of, you know, kind of kick the ball, kick the ball around sessions about like what what's available, what's in our capacity to make a difference. And um, feeling a strong need to do so, but then sort of sorting out, well, what, what's the sweet spot for us and what can, where can we really get a lever that makes a big difference with what it is we do is a hard thing. As you know, to it, sometimes it's, you know, needle in the haystack type of stuff and all kinds of ideas come up, but some of them are just entirely unworkable or you can't scale it or it's far too big for you to absorb in a corporate structure or whatever. Um, so as we were pushing back and forth, uh, eventually Havas came back with that, uh, that idea and um it was uh, really started though I, I think by having a good focus on what it is we do and, and you obviously are very focused on purpose-driven um you know corporations and brands and and i'm proud to say it really came from that that idea of knowing sort of what it is that we're centered on and because of that we were able to get through that kind of churning a little bit more tightly than maybe we would have otherwise and then that idea popped out we got an inherent sense that that's a pretty good one but you could also imagine all the rocks in the in the water, so to speak, you know, from the idea to the actual execution. And um, so we started working on those and knocking those off one by one. I wasn't sure we were going to get it done. It took about six weeks to figure out how to put all the pieces together in a way that would make sense and get the approvals and everything else internally. Um, but in a way, it was only six weeks, which is also good because sometimes those things can take a lot longer. So it was a great uh, example of... Um, I think uh, creativity between client and agency, and then uh, working on uh, organizational structure that was willing and able to support um, an effort like that.
0: Was it, you know, it reminds me of an effort by one of the mobile companies to turn their stores into voting places, mm. which, which happened a few years ago. So you're a bit wading into the political space, right? You're trying to get Congress to include this in a bill.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Was that controversial? for your company or or did you just say this is the right thing to do for our brand and our culture and we're going forward?
1: Yeah, it was more of the second, you know, there's always political risk in, in anything you do probably these days. Um, But, you know, on this one, I think we felt strongly and most folks that we talked to felt strongly that, you know, this is such a sort of human issue at this moment. um, You know, it's, it's just a, a simple common sense thing to say, if people don't have water in their living spaces, how the heck are they supposed to protect themselves and their families from these, these issues? And then, and then that just becomes worse for the society around them. And so if there is something we can do that felt as common sense as it possibly could and not tinged with the politics of the day, uh, more than it should, this seemed like a good one that also would help a lot of people, um, so that said, it is a political issue. I mean, we are asking for support from Congress, and Congress has a hard time agreeing on a lot of things. Uh, we are hoping that through hopefully a broad base of support, there'll be enough um, congressmen and women on both sides of the aisle that will understand that this is just a common sense issue that in this time uh, is just important for people.
0: I mean, this seems like such a the right issue for Moen as the number one faucet. Mm-hmm. Marketer and maker in the country to to be to be a part to to uh, to do to take on. Tell me about the culture and the company at large. I mean, you're a five billion dollar company, you're in home security and cabinets and faucets and sinks and all sorts of things. You have dozens and dozens of brands. Has the last three months amped up the the culture a bit to help people to be even more purpose inspired in your product designs, one you just talked about? yeah and in your communication in, in everything you do, tell us a little bit about how the culture has evolved over the last few months
1: I would say so i think I think strong cultures um, get more creative in crisis and um, if if you know what you're about, if you know what you're trying to do, if you know who your consumers are, and then a crisis moment happens in a way it's sort of liberating if you approach it that way. And we have certainly approached it that way. Um, Even though I may be in my basement, uh, we're not in a bunker. You know, we don't have a bunker mentality. Uh, We're not just hoping it goes away. We're not just hanging on and just waiting, you know, to see when it's okay to come out. Um, There's a lot of very, you know, a lot of things that are changing. A lot of things you can't predict, but you got to work with it and realize that there's as much opportunity as there is risk. And if you can do a great job of mitigating the risks that you can see, but also, imagining the opportunities and not hide away from those, um, you you will be better off uh, when you come out of it. And so that's the attitude that we've taken. Everyone's been game for that. Uh, No one's been, you know, scared per se. Um, I think the creativity that's enabled, uh, that's been enabled, and I just mentioned that one example of, you know, engineers at home. And by the way, um, I don't know if you can link to this or not, but there's a YouTube video of uh, the engineer's daughter actually trying out that function for the first time um, that's out there on YouTube somewhere. I'll send you the link. Um, yeah. And he just, you know, again, he did it, he did it on his own just to figure it out. And then we're like, Oh, that's fantastic. Let's put that out? So that's just a good example of creativity, you know, sort of rising up in a moment where, um, you know, there's obviously plenty of reasons to be risk averse, but in these cases, most of our culture has leaned forward into, um, into opportunity, which is great. And that's one of the reasons why I love working here.
0: We've all been there, you spend millions of dollars each year driving traffic to your company's website, and then the results come in and they're just not what you hoped. On top of that, 81% of marketing leaders say website ownership is a challenge. So what do you do? Well, you switch to Webflow. Let me tell you why. Webflow's visual-first platform empowers your team to own your company's most valuable dynamic marketing asset, your website. From launching a new site to optimizing for SEO and conversions, Webflow gives you the tools you need to drive business growth fast. Unlock your website's full potential when you build, manage, and host with Webflow. Get started today at webflow.com. Let's talk a, a bit about you as a leader during this these times. What could others learn, Mark Hans, from how you've led over the last few months? I mean, what habits, rituals, practices to keep yourself fresh and also to keep close to your team, keep close to your colleagues, keep close to your customers. So, And what of that do you think will carry forward from this crisis someday?
1: What? <laughs> someday. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess you'd have to ask others that, that work with me to, to you know, see what would pop out from their perspective. Uh, I don't know that I've done anything um, super unique uh, you and everyone else around that i know has been engaged in more zoom calls and webex and blue jeans and every other kind of meeting that you can have and it's been a great way to plugging to uh st- keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on out there you know colleagues uh the rest of the business people who are you know working from all kinds of different places and um and that's actually worked quite well uh, but checking in on people is, I found, to be pretty important. So when we when we hit sort of March and April, when it was really getting bad, uh, we were doing two two times a week check-in with my team. And I would just start by saying, how are you doing? And how is your team doing? We're, we're not going to talk about what we got to do today. We're not going to talk about the to-do list. We're going to talk about how you doing, where you at, and where your team's at. And let's just keep on top of that and let that be priority one. Because the rest of the stuff isn't going to get taken care of if they're not taken care of. And, and while I, I guess that sounds sort of commonsensical, um, I felt like it was really important at the time because, um, as you know, businesses and, and high-achieving teams can get very task-oriented, especially when you're in crisis. Sometimes you kind of hunker down into the what I got to do today type stuff. And we didn't want to lose the spirits that we had. You know, we'd, we'd had a great 2019. We were rolling really, really great into the Q1. Uh, 2020, and then all this happened. We didn't want to sort of lose all the positivity and the sense of momentum and achievement and, and progress that we had built up um, and, and have people feel, you know, concerned and afraid. So, uh, a lot of checking in, uh, a lot of Zoom meetings, uh, and finding that managing energy is very different uh, from me and from them you know, a uh, succession of zoom meetings is actually kind of exhausting. I think most people yeah, are is. finding. And, and so how do you manage your energy uh, in the right way during these new work methods and how do our teams do it? And how do you manage the always on nature all of a sudden that you're found in and how do people give themselves time to renew? And um, so these are questions I'm happy to say we had very open discussions around. And this was, this was not sort of off to the side talking with HR. This was open, honest discussion with our teams, my teams, and um, and my leaders did different things that that made sense for their sort of teams. Uh, some of them bigger teams, some of them smaller teams, some of them more distributed, some of them more tight. Um, but uh, always with that sense of uh, let's let's make sure we're checking in with people, make sure they're okay, and then we can then we can go from there.
0: How about yourself? Are you getting outdoors more? Are you reading more? Are you uh, you know exercising more or less? You know what
1: have you done? Just I just had the best physical of my life. Last week, they are like, it looked my blood work and look at everything like, man, this is looking really good. And I had no idea. So I I have been exercising more. Um, I've been going outside. You know, when when you're under quarantine, um, you know, there's a few, there's a few beautiful things that are left for you. And most of them are being in the outdoors. So Mm -hmm. I took advantage of all those um, lots of walks with my wife, uh, which were great. And, uh, you know, obviously bike riding, running. A motorcycling um, with a mask. Uh, helmets are, are good masks, and um, you know, so so yeah, a lot of outside, but a lot of exercise. Just trying to keep balance, and it wasn't always easy. But just figuring out how to work it into the, the day. But when you're not spending as much time commuting and traveling, uh, all of a sudden you've got some free pockets of time. And as long as you don't just soak them up with more things to do at work, um, it ends up being a nice a nice balance of things. And it's certainly worked out okay for me um, once I got the new patterns figured out.
0: I hear a lot of CMOs talking about a surge in creativity and a surge in speed, how quickly they're getting things done and how quickly decisions are being made. Are you finding that as well?
1: Well, like I said, um, crisis and creativity to me go together. And so, yes, but at the same time, we were always putting you know tension in the system to kind of get creativity to come out the other side so that's really wasn't anything radically new it was more about what are the new new ingredients in front of us that we have to adjust to um that was more the tension i think in the creativity um uh, but but certainly agility yeah well, hey let's make a decision let's get on with it, it has, has certainly increased i think uh, when i mentioned the uh you know the the water bill that we've been working on I mean, that that went sort of at light speed within the organization once we once we figured out what we were doing and why we were doing it and how to do it um it was not a long drawn out process to to sort of get that through the org which was great uh and i think most people want to work that way um there's a, there is a nice agility to this um uh, this new way of working that we've built for ourselves that I do think people are, enab- are enabling, uh, creativity amongst more people and more places. Uh, they're not as much stuck in meeting rooms, you know, you know, sort of not just listening and not contributing. I think there's, there's a little change in that balance that's worked out pretty nicely. And so I would concur that creativity and agility are increasing. I'm hoping we can keep that going because uh, I think it's good for business. It's just good, good overall for companies to be working at that, at that level.
0: If I ask you to write a book about these three or four months in your life and what you've learned about leadership, what would some of the chapter titles be?
1: Uh, Empathy. Um, Creativity in crisis, just like I said. Um, Balance. And... um, I'm going to say history (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I, I keep thinking about what is this like, um, like what's this pattern? Um, what is this pattern? What is, is it, is it really a new normal or is there a pattern here that, that is a repeating pattern from some other time, um, that enables us to better understand it and understand its sort of fundamental nature versus getting distracted by all the new normal squirrels that seem to wander around, around every, everywhere. Um, so I, I feel like I'm spending a lot of time trying to figure out how to sort the weed from the chaff and, and, not, and not actually overtask our team by chasing every new thing that sort of pops up, every every new compelling article that you get from from wherever it gets forwarded to you, um, which is great. It's great to have all that kind of input, but you got to figure out how to sort through it so that you don't overwhelm people on the other side chasing everything. Um so I, I think there's a Maybe it's perspective or history. I can't think of the word that would be best, but it's that idea that you know, trying to find a way to center, um, even in all this crazy change, I think is an important thing for a leader to do for their teams and frankly, for themselves.
0: We recorded Amanda Rossi, who's the chief brand officer at Kroger for mm-hmm. this mini series, And she had an amazing quote. She said, my mind is clearer and I'm <laughs> thinking more than I used to think you know, we get in these activity cycles and she's obviously yeah. in the retail grocery business. So the lots of activity, but she said, I've just been more focused, more, less cluttered in my mind, thinking more, I guess, more strategy, you know, yeah. versus action. I mean, we need both, but it was an inter- it was an
1: interesting reflection. I thought, I don't know. I don't know if I feel more clarity. I have to say that there are moments where I feel like I've got so many things running through my head. It's that tension of managing the, the the foundations of the past and the current, and then trying to stretch out to the future and keeping that together at the same time. So I've been doing a lot more journaling. I'll, I'll say that. Um, so as things flip through my head, I, I know I got to capture it because it's going to go out the other side and I'm, I i do not have anyone else around here to help, help me grab it. So, you know, I got to get into a journal. I've got a whole journal of ideas where I'm just, you know, putting stuff down that may or may not manifest themselves. And maybe if it does, it'll be two years from now. Uh, but I feel actually like my my brain is percolating with more possibilities than maybe than ever before. Uh, and not like it wasn't doing that before, but now it's almost overwhelming. Like I can't stop it because there's just so much stuff turning around. It's all these different inputs that are coming in and I'm combining them and thinking about them in new ways and turning the lens a little this way or that way. And that just provides so much output that I got to put it somewhere else. It just drives me crazy. So I have a little notebook of full of this stuff. Uh, and then I'm journaling in my home life as well, uh, just to kind of keep my, my mental state somewhat more, uh, more managed because, you know, there were some scary days in, in, uh, in March and April and, and not knowing exactly what was going to happen, um, you know, in the home life or work life or any other kind of life. And so I just needed to, I needed that kind of grounding to help keep my own mind, kind of at peace and just get out of my mind, whatever it was. It was kicking around there, grounded someplace, and then giving me the freedom to move on to whatever else I needed to focus on. And that's been very productive, I think, as well.
0: It sounds like you're taking a lot of showers, Mark Hans, and thinking do. and journaling. I, I
1: do. <laughs> it's, it's part of my work. I have to take right. a lot of showers.
0: And yeah, uh, is your journal waterproof so you can take it into the shower? Or we got so many thoughts in the that's shower. A
1: great, that's a great innovative idea, yeah.
0: I'm like your engineers, right? I'm thinking about stuff awesome. at home that we can always yeah. change.
1: Yeah, water. Yeah, I like it.
0: Water resistant journal. I'm not sure it's going to be that profitable. <laughs> <but> <laughs> so listen, that, that was really lovely. Uh, just one final thought. What, what, do you, what's the, what do you think the most non-obvious change in your life has been through this? Is it this feeling of mortality that you kind of just talked about?
1: Oh no, I've had that Hmm. feeling for a long time. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've been a, I've been a seize life guy for a long, long time. Um, so no, that, that's definitely not it. Um, you know, I think, uh, I, I just saw the impact on my daughters, you know, when they, when they weren't going to school anymore and they were trying to do it remotely and, and that didn't work out so well, uh, in, in all cases. And, um, it surprised me that the same transition that we were making at work that seemed to go so well was not happening very well in the school environment and it was actually probably maybe dam- damaging not damaging permanently but you know not not helping my youngest daughter for sure and she's in this transition from uh going out of uh, middle school into high school next year and i and i just didn't want her to stumble you know going into high school and, and who knows what this fall is going to look like for them and so it has definitely given me pause to To think about um, the variables that have changed in their lives that are very different than my own experience. So, um, just trying to be cognizant of that and trying to understand what does that mean now as a parent. Like, what do I have to do, and what do my wife and I have to do to kind of help them through this? Because it's it's not obvious. Um, We don't have any models for this either. But we don't want them taking a year, you know, of struggle because of a of a condition that's changed without us really thinking about what does that help look like. and, uh, and I think a lot of people have that, right? You, you, you have to support your families in different ways than you ever did before during, during this time. And, um, but that's an enlightening thing. It, 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 as I said, it drives empathy. It drives um, you know, creativity. So, so you know, going back to the book, I think empathy is, is just something that I feel is coming almost every day in every way I can imagine trying to help understand, better understand what everyone's gone through, not just you know, at work, but also at home.
0: That's the right note to end on, Mark Hans, because I, it's the first thing out of your mouth when I ask you about the chapter titles, and I'm certainly feeling that in my life and all the people I'm working with, uh, just to get, make sure we take the time to get in, everyone, get in someone else's life. Well, it's an, an extra skin. consumer understanding, too. It right? is. It's the foundation it is. Of,
1: of marketing. <laughs> so yeah. it's it, it kind of like if we weren't on that, it, it, it's almost like malpractice for, for a marketer not, not to have some empathy because it's, it's part of what you have to understand to be good at you know, helping consumer address consumer needs. So yeah. I think it's kind of foundational in a way as well.
0: And to be a great dad and husband and brother yeah, and son. Yeah. And,
1: and I'm not always that. great at it, but, um, but, uh, but I think that the need for it seems to be very heightened, much heightened now.
0: Mark Hans, thank you all the best in this water initiative you, and everything going on in your life. It's great to reconnect and it's it great is. to see you in your basement.
1: <laughs> My Moen, Yes, or, or, or ornamented basement, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Looks great. That was my conversation with Mark Hans-Richard. What I loved about this one is, of course, the efforts they're doing to help people who may not have access to fresh water during this pandemic. It's the perfect cause for this company to take on, and they are resolute in making a difference with Congress in getting this into legislation. I also love, on a quieter way, how Mark Hans talked about how he's shifting a bit his thinking, his behavior, his actions with his family and his company during this pandemic. Wonderful lessons about humanity and leadership from this great guy. That's it for this episode of our Leadership During Crisis series. We hope you enjoyed this follow-up episode and found value and insight into how these leaders and brands are operating during this pandemic. If you found this episode interesting or helpful, I would be so grateful if you shared it with your friends and if you gave the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Subscribe to the show and get notified every time we publish a new episode. The CMO Podcast is a Gallery Media Group original production.